and, and bring it with you to this series, and, and that will be a meaningful way for you to approach it as well. Uh, but it's going to be Christmas every day here in the parish this summer, uh, and it begins at church here today uh, with the passage that was just read for us and with the Christmas carols that we're singing. <clears throat> Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at uh, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us every day, as we'll talk about today, God with us in the home, God with us at school or work, God with us in the neighborhood, and God with us at play, things that bring us joy. God with us at play. We'll talk about that as we conclude the series. But we start today with the basic concept uh, that when God decided to come down to us, uh, we get a little bit of that in the beginning of the Bible, let's not forget. Uh, God seems to be walking around the garden uh, with Adam and Eve. And uh, we get Adam and Eve actually hiding from God, which really makes us think that you know, God was really present, and present in a real way. Um, and some of those passages and stories uh, from creation, you really get the sense of that in the first few, uh, few chapters. And of course, uh, as the fall happens and kind of get scattered from that paradise, things kind of change. God seems to be more uh, up here, and people and human and creation are down here. The angels go kind of back and forth, and, and that becomes the reality that we live in. And there are, at times, we have characters like Moses and the burning bush that seem to get really close <coughs> to God in that way. <clears throat> but for the most part, after the first few pages of the Bible, and, uh, God is at a distance. Uh, that all changes with this story. I keep pointing here to the manger. So as Jesus is born and placed in this manger, everything changes. Uh, God is with us uh, in a very real way. Jesus is God with us, fully God and fully human at the same time. And so it gives us all different ways uh, to think about that relationship between humans and God, God and creation what that means and what changes with this Christmas story. We get uh, rushed a lot of times that in December when we talk about the baby Jesus on Christmas Eve, maybe the Sunday prior. So I'm really thankful that we get to slow down a little bit here in July, the first week of August, and, and talk about the story of the birth of Jesus and slow down a little bit as we're not distracted with all the other stuff that happens at Christmas time. And so we start with Matthew's perspective. And Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament, great place to start. Uh, the next three weeks, we'll look at some Luke passages, and then we'll close out the series by coming back to Matthew. Uh, but today, we get this basic start. For homework, you should really back up and read the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, uh, where he takes time to talk about the genealogy of Jesus especially on Joseph's side, uh, the line of David. Uh, it's a fascinating list of names that we could do a whole series on as well. Uh, so read that for homework. They're categorized in groups of seven, uh, and Jesus beginning uh, the new group of seven, you know, being the one, the first one, uh, there as a new creation, as a new thing. Really a fascinating way that Matthew puts that together. I encourage you to do that for homework. And then Matthew gets right to it in terms of the birth of Jesus. And, and so he gets right to reminding us that Joseph and Mary were engaged, not quite married, but, just, but engaged, 
and the legal implications of that. And then when he discovers, and it's announced to him that Mary is with child, you know, we get a little glimpse from Matthew about what Joseph was thinking. Uh, it says he was a righteous man, uh, although confused and hurt and upset probably to discover that young Mary is pregnant. He decides not to hand her over, which he would have had a right to hand her over to the authorities. She could have been tried and, and could have been sentenced to death even. But he doesn't do that. He says he's just going to hand it quietly and, and do it kind of behind the scenes and not hand her over, but just kind of dismiss her after it's all said and done. And so as he's thinking of this, as he's thinking about it, an angel, so one of those intermediaries that come between God and and us, we have it in earth, uh, travels down to meet Joseph where he is at this time of anxiety, at time of confusion, uh, and in this time when he's trying to make a decision at a crossroads. And it says, Joseph, son of David, again, linking back to this genealogy, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So right in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, on the first pages, the first chapter, we get this announcement that this is not an ordinary child. This is not going to be an ordinary baby in the line of David. This is God's son, and what we're going to discover is this is God himself being born here in the manger. Uh, and she, the angel says, don't be afraid. And explains the situation. Sure, it may feel a lot better and clear things up. Uh, 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 but we do continue the story. Uh, the angel goes on to say, she will give birth to a son, and she will call him, you will call him Jesus. And we'll stop there for just a second as we're thinking about Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's like his job description or his nickname, Jesus being his proper name given by his father Joseph. So Jesus being God saves us. And so we have our Savior here. It's going to be not only God saves us, but God with us. Emmanuel. So he gives those instructions, very detailed here, uh, and then he goes on to do something even more important for our purposes today. He makes a link, as he does, with the prophet Isaiah. Now all this took place so that the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. He's talking about Isaiah. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to his son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. That's the whole point. In the next few weeks, the whole point when you're praying for the children and youth, if you have those prayer cards in front of you this week, you're praying that these kids and these youth will feel and hear and come to understand that God is with them. And you and I, too, through this, will be reminded that God is with us. But here is the issue, however. Here is what we need to think about and be cautious about. If I would ask right now and told you, or if I was being asked, same thing, we would raise our hand and we would answer the question. If the question was, how is it, Lincoln, that God is with you? How is it, Jeff, that God is with you? How is it, Joyce, that God is with you? How is it? And, you know, the world down the list. And we would pop our hands up, and many of our answers 
if not most of our answers, if not all of our answers, would come from places where we would describe, yes, God was with me during this difficult time. God was with me during this challenge. I feel God's presence when I'm afraid. I feel God's presence or I pray that God is with my children to protect them. And so it would all be about protection and fear and challenges and, and places coming from where we need God's presence to be felt uh, during all the time. I don't know if that's just because that's where many of us live, like we're stuck in seasons of fear and anxiety and struggle, or if that's just the way we've been programmed from our parents or grandparents and Sunday school teachers, or if we just read the news too much. And we're like, man, look at all this bad stuff. Yeah, man, thank God God is with us because God protects us. And then here's the issue with that. That's not all bad, you know, because it is biblical. God protects us. God's people ask for God's protection. So we'll read pages in the Bible. Uh, I left my Bible up there. That's me turning the Bible, okay? Uh, we'll read passages and beautiful stories where the Israelites are asking for God's protection, where they're down in the valley, metaphorically. And they feel alone and say, you know, God protect us here in this valley. So all that is okay for a moment, but if you and I get stuck there, and that's the only way we think of God as an issue, because it's a very small portion of the biblical narrative that we get about God. God is much more than just our protector. And here's the real issue is, when you and I only talk about God the protector, then Sean's listening. Jason's listening. Our little ones are listening. And so when they grow up to answer the question, when they grow up to be praying to God, they're praying only to God to protect them. Like, God, you're the great protector, protect me. God, when I go to this scary place called whatever, protect me. God, when I'm out on the road, protect me. And that's all God ever hears from us. We were in the uh, camp pharmacy. We had kids from all over the place, including our parish, including non-church kids. It was a beautiful makeup, a diverse number of kids. And we gathered around the campfire at night, and we read the scripture. We just heard. We asked some questions, and they did some activities. We discovered... Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and so forth. If we asked them that question, or asked the question, it always came back to protection. Thank God, God protected me when the boys were chasing me through the woods. The boys had hoods on, and God protected me. Thank God, when I step out into my street, you know, there's lots of violence, and people are getting shot, and we get kids from inner city Baltimore with me. Uh, but God protects me. You know, oh, I don't know when I get home whether my parents are going to be together or divorced. Uh, but right now, thank God, God protects me uh, from my anxiety. I want to go home. I have the courage to go home. 
And so all of their prayers, all of their answers were from that, that place. And not just the ones from Baltimore City, but the ones right here from Carroll County. They all had fears and anxieties. And so that's when they called on God. Or when they took a step back and they looked at their fears and anxieties of last week, they could thank God for getting them through to this week to face their fears and anxieties of this week. And then it was a complete pattern. And then when they grow up and they have babies of their, of their own, they'll be teaching their babies of their own that that is who God is. God protects us from our fears and anxieties. You see the cycle. Amen? And that's a bad cycle. Because God is so much more than that. When Matthew talks about Emmanuel here, God with us, that's the furthest thing from Matthew's point of view. That's the furthest thing from Isaiah who he's quoted. When Isaiah says there's a baby that's going to be born to you, and his name's going to be Emmanuel, what Isaiah is pointing to is that this is a king that's being born that's going to deliver us, to liberate us, to transform us, to transfer us out of Assyrian control into our own control under this king and the power of God. And so not about anxiety, not about fear, not about protecting us from foreign powers, but liberating. See how much more broad that is and how much more powerful uh, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, is going to liberate us, not just protect us. And so sure, there's going to be some chaos, and there's going to be some adventure, and there's going to be some issues along the way, but God's going to be with us as we are transforming and being raised up. The problem with not thinking of God that way is that when you're in the bottom, whatever your valley is, you know, grief, or addiction, or financial issues, or safety on the streets of God, or whatever that valley is, when you do raise up out of that, if you're not acknowledging God with you every day as you raise up out of that, then you get to the top and you think, wow, look at me, I made it. And so then what happens quickly is you fall again. But if you acknowledge from the start that God is the one, if I'm going to be lifted up out of this grief or out of this drug addiction, if I am lifted up, it's going to be God doing the liberating. All along the way, you acknowledge that. And I recognize that. And when I get to the top, I say thanks to God. God liberates God to transform God that was with me through transition every day. God that was with me at home, in my terrible home life. And my parents were fighting, and they got a divorce. God was with me. God lifted me up out of that. God helped me to succeed anyway. God didn't protect me from my parents getting divorced. They got divorced. Because that's the other issue, too, I digress for a second. Because when God is just the protector, and all your prayers, all my prayers are about God protecting us. What happens when God doesn't protect us? So then he starts to take a step back and say, wait a minute. I asked God to protect my little brother as he went out into the streets of Baltimore and he didn't come home. Where's God in that? And so you got to have a broader picture of God. Because God we're dealing with here is God that allows you and I have to have free will. and allows even the murderers to have free will. So it's the murderer's choice to, to kill. So God's not like pulling the strings there. So if God doesn't protect, what happens? That's your only prayer. And 
And so what we need to be able to do, you and I, is have a broader picture of who God is. God, this mighty God, is in the business of transformation. How does God transform that situation? So the young man that moves with his brother. How do we break that cycle? Break that cycle by recognizing that God is more than just a protector. And so Matthew uses this. He uses Isaiah, the scripture. And the people hearing this in the first century, you're going to recognize it right away. Wow! He's talking about when God lifted up our ancestors out of exile and brought us back. And so this is happening all over again, this time in a very real way in the person of Jesus, our Savior, would be called Emmanuel. And this expression, God with us, now signifies not just God with us during this time of anxiety and anxiousness, fear, during this social transition which is about to occur, that's going to lift our whole community. Jesus, in the line of David, the king that we've all been waiting for. And God with us. So as we begin this series and as we look forward to God being with us at school, work, neighborhood, and even our play, we ask that you and I have the courage to unleash Emmanuel. Unleash Emmanuel. Expand our thinking in terms about who God is. That God can be with us every day, every place, and not just in our places of fear, but every day at home, school, work, neighborhood, and play. And that we can give over these areas to God. And find God truly working, not just our protection, but truly at work. When we can point to those areas and we see healing and hope. When you see healing and hope in your home, that's where God's presence is. When you see healing and hope at your school or your workplace, that's where God is. When you see healing and hope in your family or in your neighborhood, Point, wow, I see hope on that corner where I never saw it before. That's where God is. That's where God wants to be. God doesn't just want to be in the 12-year-old's anxious heart. God wants to be on the corner transforming that corner. God wants to be in our play. I can't wait to talk about play. Because you're thinking, how in the world can God be in our play? I can tell you where God is not in our play. You have fun with that. But God wants to be in our play. And not just for our kids' play, but for your play, too. God wants us to enjoy some things in life. And the devil will attack that like there's no tomorrow. The devil doesn't want you to be happy. We invite you to unleash humanity in all areas of your life. Quit living in fear and anxiety and grief. The long seasons of your life, give it over and find hope in healing. And when we do, that's when it's Christmas. Let us pray. Gracious God, we just give this over to you in the name of Jesus. As we discover new ways where we can find you at work in our lives and in the lives of our friends and family and neighbors. We give this over to you help us to discover you at work, at home, at play, at camp, in the grocery store, wherever we might be. We know that you're good. Help us to be 